Welcome to Collisions YYC Beyond the Echo. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Thank you for joining me today for another good old-fashioned chat. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with Clear Motive Marketing. Full transparency, folks. I am one of the co-founders of Clear Motive Marketing. I have had the privilege and the amazing opportunity to be involved with my current business partner, Chad Kroger, since 2010. And it has been a fantastic ride and just an amazing, amazing journey. But I'm coming here today not as a co-founder, but as a client. Over a year ago, I brought the idea of the podcast to the team, presented the challenges, presented the opportunity, presented why I was excited about it, and they worked with me to create a plan. We built a strategy, we built the brand, we built the website, and they helped me execute, and they helped me execute day in and day out as we are constantly going live with, with new, new episodes. They also were a huge help in building the audience, which can be the most challenging things, whether you're a company, with a product or a service, or just a new idea that you need to get out there. So we've grown organically from over 200 downloads last December to over 2,000 this December, which is an all-time record for the show, something we're really proud of, and I couldn't have done it without the Clear Motive team backing me at every step of the way. They specialize in helping brands that operate in fast-paced, highly competitive industries, which, let's be honest, is, is everyone these days, to deliver more consistently and more effectively day in and day out, something that we all know can be an incredible challenge in marketing with the pace of the always-on mindset. With offices and teams in both Calgary and Toronto, they work to make clients better marketers. So if you need a new website, a new brand, or simply a new efficient way to produce and deliver and get your get your creative and market, and get connected with your customers, give us a call and let's have a good old-fashioned chat. Check out our work and our case studies at www.clearmotive.ca. Hello and a warm collisions YYC. Welcome to Mr. Dan Santos. How are you, Dan? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. My pleasure, man. Uh, great chat with you. Calling in from uh, calling in from Winnipeg, and uh, I'm going to be a little bit bitter because uh, it's Winnipeg. Isn't it supposed to be snowy and cold and shitty there? And <laughs> I got minus like whatever I've got in slow, and you got 14 and sunny. You're sitting in a golf shirt. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's finally nice here. I think our winters last a little longer than yours, but uh, you're you're the ones that always send the snow our way. So if it's snowing there, I know what to prepare for. Yeah, f- fair enough. Yeah, we're, 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 don't don't worry. Hey, don't worry. It's it's coming. Now Calgary, you, they, you have winter, then you have like spring. Then you feel like you have summer. Then you feel like you have winter again. Like it is a bit of a roller coaster here, but I still wouldn't trade it for those. Uh, we all we all have a good twenty degree Chinook day in you know March. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you are one of the founders. Uh, sorry, what, what is actually? I'm on LinkedIn here. I got to be better with my creeping. Uh, you're the CEO at, at Evo Trucks, and you guys are based in Winnipeg, as I mentioned. So you're kind of calling in from the uh, beyond the echo, reaching outside. I forget you and I got connected. I don't know how the internet conspires always to connect, but we had a really good chat, and I loved. For me, it was really interesting to tap into really understand. Like yes, you're a startup, and I'll give you a second to kind of give us the give us the elevator pitch on on Evo Trucks. But more importently, I think it's really valuable as Calgarians, as like who, who my primary audience is, to understand what's going on in other cities across Canada. Because man, we get inside our own little bubble. And as we you and I were joking about earlier, as an entrepreneur, uh, tech startup, like head down, ass up. It's, it's enough. It's enough trouble to fill in your to cut all the things you need to do in your own day. Let alone get a perspective of what's happening in other cities. So thanks for coming on. Your willingness to talk about that. But here's this. Here's the elevator. We just got in. What What's, uh, what's Evo Trucks? Give us the give us the spiel. Yeah, so the easiest way to think about Evo Trucks is uh, we're kind of like a dating site, but for trucks and freight. So if you think about like Match.com, right? They profile people and then they put them together based on those profiles, and hopefully they go on a date and get married and all kinds of stuff. Uh, we do the same thing. So businesses that have freight to move, we help them connect with businesses that have trucks to move, and vice versa. Uh, based on some profiling, and, and so it's a, it's a really efficient way for them to find each other and then book jobs. And would this be the quintessential example of, I'm going to throw out the buzzy of buzz terms, uh, digital transformation, but this has been going on, what you're talking about, really since the beginning of us moving freight. If you look at the early 1900s, we started mass producing things. Then in the 50s and 60s, we got this ability to move them all over the world. And as and as consumers, we're like, oh, it just magically shows up. Probably now more than ever, as there's a stream of Amazon like deliveries going yeah. up and down my street all the time. But there's still a huge logistical reality. And I'm assuming that was just phone and paper and people knowing people? Is that like provider you guys showing up? Yeah. I mean, you know, I spent literally my entire career in logistics in some format. So about 20 years now. And my first job when I was in this, not first, my first one, I was 14 years old, loading trucks in a warehouse, yep. nothing to know there, but my first real full-time job in the, in the industry, man, it was pen and paper. We were right now manifest, you know, it was like, like a spreadsheet on a sheet of paper. Uh, and then, you know, as you progress, uh, you could see a little more technology getting involved. Uh, the last job I had before Evo Trucks, I was a freight broker, so that middleman between customer and truck. 
and uh, still lots of paper, tons of spreadsheets, phone, email, text, you know, operating systems you have internally, uh, what's called load boards. And so none of it was really advanced. I would say none of it was really super helpful and it was really fragmented. So now there's this digital transformation, which is not only bringing better technology, better solutions in, but part of what we're trying to do is we're trying to do a lot of integration, right? How do we defragment all these things? So, you know, you know, you're trying to onboard somebody new, they've got to learn 10 programs. Like, what does that cost a company? What are the chances of error, right? So, and, so how, and how, how much inefficiencies are just built right into that? Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we've all screwed up a spreadsheet by, you know, entering one wrong cell somewhere and then you can never figure it out, right? The cascading, <laughs> yes, that cascading yeah. effect. And uh, that spreadsheet that's been built from employee to generation to like somebody else's, <laughs> like, anyways, I, I'm kind of picturing yep. a little bit this, like, it's Boiler Room, it's you, Vin Diesel, and, uh, Ben Affleck doing deals like you got phones hanging off you. Uh, it, it, that's kind of what it pictures like to me, but I'm probably over dramatized. That's my Hollywood version of your past life. <laughs> it, it's funny enough, actually. I, I should have sent it to you earlier, but we, we took a picture for uh, for our deck, our pitch deck yep. uh, here as, as a joke, and it, it's you know it's me sitting at a computer, uh, you know, with like a phone, a cell phone, emails up, and I've got two people standing beside me trying to get information out of me, and it feels you know over dramatized. But that's what it's like. You got two drivers in. You got a sales guy asking for something. You're trying to talk to one guy. You're trying to book something on. E- like, it's it is. It's a pressure house, man. That's those jobs are hard. And and real and real things happen if you make a mistake. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. lo- lo- load spoil stuff doesn't get delivered on time. Ultimately, that end consumer is like, "Where's my widget? I want my widget." Well, it didn't yep. get on this year, or my produce, or something that's you know got also a shelf a shelf life to it. And yep. the trucking industry, you hear a lot of buzz right now around obviously uh, EVs and automation and self driving and those types of things. So when you think about the trucking industry, being that it's an old like been around, and uh, whether you're watching the Irishman and the you know the guys trucking in the unions and all that like it's been a huge backbone of our north like globally but certainly north america was it an industry that was evolving or it was no this is the way we've always done it because that really dictates how hard it is for you to tip over sure it's a better apple cart but we get pretty attached to our old apple carts (laughs) i I literally got goosebumps as you said this is the way we've always done it because it's it's such like you would think oh yeah some people say that no that that was the heartbeat of the industry for a long time. It still is in many ways. Yeah. You know, you try and go in and tell somebody who's been doing the job 30 years and they've done it well, right? With yep. the tools that they've had available. And you're like, hey, there's a better way. And they're like, no, no, no. Like, I've always done it this way. It's fine. There's no way you have a better way than me. I'm 30 years into this. So there is there is kind of that old school mentality that, that's hard to get over. Um, but, I, but I think it's changing now. And actually since COVID started, you're starting to see it, right? There's a lot of investment in logistics. Uh, you're starting to see new services come up all over because it's such a big industry. It's not like it's not like the sector we're in, the piece that we're in, is the only thing that needs revolution. Or, yeah, yeah. You know, and that, that's what I was. That's what I was curious about. Of how much are you seeing that start to pop up in all of the different? Yeah, you're just picking one sliver of all yeah. that goes on. You know, and I just think that you know the self-driving trucks and like that's been because it's kind of sexy. Like that gets yeah. a little bit of like some media play, but that is just one layer of what happens to get you know, get stuff from A to A to A to B. And obviously, and Calgary being a big transportation and logistics hub that kind of goes without saying, like I've always heard, it's one of the biggest industries here that nobody knows about or talks about. Yep. But the second it stopped working, your world would fall apart like within a week. <laughs> yeah, I always say, you know, uh, supply chain or logistics are the lifeblood of modern society, right? Most people don't realize it. Like look around the room you're in right now. That shelf behind you, that lamp, the chair you're sitting on that mic, that shit all got there from a truck, right? Like (laughs) all of it, the food you're eating all from a truck, you know? And one of my, my like origin stories I tell people is I remember, you know, I was struggling in the job and I was starting to have these ideas of like, man, something needs to change. And I walk into a grocery store and there's an apple for four bucks. I'm like, what the hell is an apple costing $4? And you start realizing you're like, man, the market's been really hot lately. Like just booking a truck is hard. It's really expensive. And you're like, Oh, damn. Like how much is trucking impacting this Apple? Who can afford a $4 Apple? You know, so it it gets all the way down to that, right? Essentials, you know, vaccines, like it's all got to get there on a truck. Yeah. This morning there was a big kerfuffle. I think it was one of the uh, big processing plants here had booked in a, a clinic to get everyone certified and the vaccine didn't show up. Somewhere, transportation Great. logistics failed, yep. and now like everybody's panicking, and they had eighty percent like people sign up for it, and now all of a sudden, oh sorry, just just kidding. 
that was a transportation logistics fail somewhere along the way. Let's not get into let's not get into where Canada's maybe tripped over its own feet on this one, but that's a whole another pod. That's a whole another podcast. We'll save that for 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 another day. So you guys decide to do a startup. You're not a startup guy. You're a guy that came from being like, are you a te- are you a tech guy? Like just curious. No, no, interesting. No, and I think it's good that I talked to so many leaders. Like, no, I understood the problem, but man, I wasn't the guy that was going to stay up until four in the morning going look at my prototype. But so how was that for you guys even going through that transition from a guy who knew a problem and had an idea to starting to put that like basic maybe buddies, people around, made some calls, had some beers and started banging away on the keys? Yeah, you know, it's funny. You know, it's probably a cliche, but it was one day, three o'clock in the morning, I woke up with an idea and, you know, I had started sort of building this, like if I wake up with an idea, I'll write it down. So I always kept a notepad beside me, but it wasn't like a huge thing for me. But this night I woke up and I'm like, I just started writing and then I'm like, oh my God, like it's, it's flowing. And I, I went to the end of the bed, I'm sitting on the floor, you know, in my underwear and I'm writing it. And my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, shut up, go back to bed. Like, I got an idea. Don't interrupt me. You know? And you know, the, the, uni- the universe was downloading, you know, there's all like, where do these ideas come from? I don't know, but I'm going to, I'm going to capture it. That's awesome. Man. I, love the, I love those stories. I, I, then, you know, the scene, we're building the movie here. Who's going to play you? Maybe Ben Affleck. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, uh, yeah. 10 days later, there's, you know, 30, 30 pages of paper on my basement floor. I think there's a picture somewhere actually. Uh, and I've got this idea. And, and so I brought a couple people in and I, you know, people that I trust, one of them is, which is my co-founder and said, what do you think of this? There was something there. And, and then the big test was, uh, I told the wife, I said, listen, I'm going to approach my boss, the guy I work for, who owns the company I work for. And I'm going to ask him, you know, to invest in the company. And he's either going to love it and say yes, which is great. Or, <laughs> or he's going to fire me because I'm trying to do something that's not this job. So I was, uh, you know, I was talking about burning the ships. That was a burn the ship moment for me. And he loved it. I, it was, you know, you talk about pitch decks. I, I presented uh, this idea to him. I think the original name was like iTruck 2000. It was like the worst presentation you've ever seen. None of it made sense. And he's like, yeah, there's something here. Let's, let's figure it out. Do a little more work. Uh, and and that, was, that was really how it started. Sorry, I'm just like that's so great because yep. that that could that was a burn the ship moment, left turn, right yep. turn, and and you know you could have kept going with the idea, but that little bit of validation, encouragement, and support that's a game changer at those early stages because it is fragile. Well, <laughs> like it is, it's a house of cards right? and the like, wind's coming up, right? <laughs> you're talking about a customer, somebody that's you know 40 years in the industry. Like if he gets it, you've got some validation of the idea, yeah. right? If he wants to invest in it, you know you're on to something. If he doesn't, you know you've got to go back to the drawing board or walk away from it. Uh, so that first piece of like serious validation, like would you use this? Would your employees use this? I mean, I'm an employee, I'd use it. Uh, and him saying yes was, was huge. It, it also, you know, it made the wife a little more comfortable. Like, oh yeah, if he's saying it, then okay, you're not crazy. No, no, external validation goes a long way. How many years ago was this? What's our timeline here? Uh, that was 2016. We incorporated early 2017. We launched the first product January 2018. But the idea okay. was 2016. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. And from the perspective of talking about the the startup ecosystem, the tech ecosystem, in Winnipeg, which I don't know anything about, that's why I'm excited to kind of chat with you. Yeah. Was this something you were involved in or knew about, or did that come later, or what? What was even there? Like, did you have an infrastructure? Did you have like again the buzzy word ecosystem? Yeah. But did you have a support network, or were you just on your own with a buddy, kind of like let's slug out this idea? Yeah, we, we had nothing. I didn't, I didn't. So I'll, I'll say it this way. I, I met with uh, what's called North Forge Accelerator here in town. They were okay. you know, a, a su- support service trying to figure out, you know, whether they're an accelerator or not. And I met with the president. His name was Jeff Risner. Great guy, very knowledgeable. And we sat down. And he's like, man, this is amazing. Like you understand the problem. You get the customer, you know how to solve it. And he's like, who's building your code? Like, are you writing it? And I was like, oh, no, no. Like we're, we hired this company in the Ukraine. You know, my co-founder and I interviewed people all over the world. And he's like, well, who's validating the code? I'm like, talking about like them. And he's like, do you know you started a tech company? I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> no, I guess not. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, shit. Now that you mentioned it, yeah, I, yeah, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and so, so yeah. and did, he, did he say, hey, get you in touch with this guy? Because again, everything in life is relationships. Somebody introduces me to somebody and then something happens. Like, was there a play? Like, were you able to find those resources or did you just go, no, no, well, trust me. I trust them. I trust those guys from the Ukraine. We're good. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, he, he did say, he, he hooked me up with, um, uh, what would you call him? Like a tech genius. I think he called him a mutant. Young guy that was just, you know, like he knew everything about, uh, don't tell him 
you got a lot of big bank account, he'll hack you kind of guy. <laughs> uh, anyway, he came in, he validated. That's a, that's a guy you want to be friends with. That's a guy you want right. on the inside. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's a guy you want to invite guy. over for dinner. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, he, you know, he started validating the code. He helped me manage that relationship with, with the company and, okay. and he kind of got us to market and, and started. And, and so that was great. So that was really the first relationship uh, that we made kind of in the tech space in, in, in Winnipeg. And it's been a bit of a grind ever since. Uh, you okay. know, it's not a huge ecosystem to begin with. It's getting better now. Okay. Um, but yeah, we, we came in knowing nobody, you know, we could turn the computer on and I could work a few spreadsheets and email and that was it. I appreciate the reality of like, we're building a tech startup. Like there's always, I think sometimes a myth and I've talked to people on the show here about, you know, I meet people with great ideas, but they feel it's out of reach for them because they're not that tech oriented individual, yeah. but more and more there's becoming these partners that you can, you know, as certainly seeing it in Calgary. That's what I was curious about, about Winnipeg when it comes to even how the ecosystem has evolved over the last kind of five years in Winnipeg, are you guys seeing like, is it starting to, like you said, it's getting better, but when you yeah. say getting better is like, is there more government programs? Is there more uh, associations there to help and support? For, like what what are you seeing in terms of how, how, how it's growing and is it serving you as the you, you kind of are their target client right or that you should be <laughs> I would hope so yeah <laughs> uh, yeah I think it's multi-level so I think from the government side uh, provincially they they just started coming out with a few grant programs for tech companies we got access to one called the innovation growth program and, and granted uh, they cobbled together a bunch of old programs together for this so when you read through it it's it's not very innovative, but it's for it. Like they're in the right place. So that, that was good. It was helpful for us. Um, you know, the accelerators, there's the, uh, uh, well, there's North Forge and there's the, uh, oh geez, there's another one. They're, they're both making headway and, and doing a good job uh, trying to figure out what, what happens. And they're starting to reach out to other, you know, sort of accelerators, incubators and, and, and pull from those. So I think that's really good for the, for the like early, early startups. Yep. Uh, but but then, you know, uh, places like, well, Skip obviously has done well here. Uh, Bold is doing well here. Amazon's here now mm -hmm. uh, while coming here anyways. Uh, Ubisoft. So there there's some big players that are coming to, to town, which is driving uh, kind of the need uh, for people to recognize, hey, this is this is a viable uh, opportunity, but it's still slow. It's not the main thing. Like, you know, I, I think in Alberta, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but I, I respect what your government did uh, and, and uh, you know, private sector too. You guys were faced with like, holy shit, we aren't <laughs> going to have the support of our long, yeah. you know, expected industry. We better yeah. make a change. And now the tech ecosystem in Calgary and Alberta and Edmonton is really starting to flourish because there's a concentrated effort on it. Right. And I, and I think here there still isn't quite that concentrated effort, uh, but it's sort of growing organically. So uh, no, it's interesting. That nothing, no, nothing motivates like the like the fear of death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and we got into a very reality. And you know, I, I I'll be unpopular saying this, but I'm I am somewhat glad. <laughs> I say this very respectfully because a lot of people would be like, "What did you just say?" That yeah. we didn't, our industry didn't bounce back because we wouldn't be where we are. Like yeah. the sense of necessity and the sense of the government getting behind it, but also people going, "Oh, I guess there's another option. I don't go on the graduate, get my engineering degree, get my geology, get my X Y Z, get in the oil and gas sector, get a couple exits, make some money, retire at 50, and and be a multimillionaire." There was kind of a that was an oversimplified Calgary path, and because all of a sudden it's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa wait a second, this is not coming back. We can't just hold our breath for the next cycle." I think it's forced us to move in a direction of diversification. I look back at campaigns from the 80s that have been shared with me like diversification. Like we've been touting this for a long time, but they're just, I don't know if there was ever enough pain or also the right world that we live in of technology. Like a lot of things have conspired to get us to where we are too, right? Sorry, I was going to say, I think it's a Canada wide thing. Like it's an opportunity for us, right? Uh, we've got good schools across this country. We've got some good companies that have, that have started making headway that are becoming big companies here. Like to build the tech ecosystem in Canada, across Canada, and be one of the, the leaders of that in our industry. Like, let's be honest, manufacturing and stuff's not coming back, right? We've got yeah, natural resources, which is good. Oil's not going away, but it's not going to probably rebound the way it was. There's a huge opportunity here as a country to move in, in sort of the tech uh, direction. And, you know, we, how, many, how many Canadians, uh, technical Canadians, are sitting down in Silicon Valley? 
What the yes, hell? I've, you, I've like, had some conversations. There, right? Yeah, absolutely. I was talking you know? to a company here that's done really well uh, recently, Cement, and they were really excited about they were able to bring some expats back to Canada or yeah. certainly from overseas or US jobs to come back and go, oh, wow, now there is a job for a 15-year senior product like yeah. specialist here that was didn't exist here a few years ago. People had to leave to pursue that. And yeah. I think that's really exciting because you're right, that talent starts to become cascading as you've, you know, yep. exit from one opportunity, you move over to the next. No, we, uh, I think we've benefited a little bit from maybe where Calgary was headed. You, you met, you rep, you referenced skip the dish. I've chatted with a few goes, I had Jeff Adamson on the show and I just had someone reach out to me this morning. Like, Hey, you got to get someone from harvest builders on and talk to them. And, and yep. I talked to Jeremy over there a little while back and they specifically said they left because they saw like, if there's going to be another big thing happen kind of in the Western provinces, they saw it being based much more of Alberta and Calgary and not necessarily where you are. That's a bit of a, that's a bit of a down, a negative for you guys because they have they have means, they had connections, that they had funds, and they had success. That's a force multiplier when it comes to any ecosystem. <laughs> you know the the uh, um, the most famous story of it is the PayPal ma- mafia, right? Like PayPal did well, and then there yes. was fifteen millionaires that walked out of there and created an ecosystem around them of new companies, new jobs, new opportunities. Skip yeah. should have been that here, right? And yeah. to some degree, like Skip's still growing; they're producing new jobs. But, and I, and I have no evidence of this, so take it with a grain of salt. It's just what I heard through this person and that person. Mm-hmm. But when Skip left, there were some like 30 millionaires that walked out of that company. There's zero left in Manitoba. They all left. I think most of them are in Alberta. And from what I understand, Harvest was supposed to be here, not in Calgary. Mm-hmm. And they had a deal at, at the Forks here. And what wound up happening, again, this is what I've heard, phone game, I don't know how honest it is or true it is, but I heard that the city and the forks couldn't agree on parking revenue. And so the harvest guys were like, this is stupid. We're out of here. And they went to, to Calgary. Like <laughs> if we've got an opportunity to take a company here and grow it wildly and build this ecosystem around it, and we're going to lose it because we can't agree on parking revenues. <laughs> we don't deserve it. Like that's ridiculous. So somebody like me, who's trying to grow a company here, who would like to do the same kind of thing. You're watching that and you're like, you know, what's going to change because I don't really want to have 30 millionaires walk out of Evo trucks and leave the province. I'd like to build it here, but stuff like yeah. that scares the hell out of you as an entrepreneur. Oh, cause yeah, it's a, everything can kill you, right? Success can kill you. Failure can kill you. Parking, parking discrepancies. Uh, speaking of which, like how is the world? And this is a lesson I think all cities, like how is the red tape world? Is it getting better? Was there anything less, you know, and I know that's a bit of a hearsay, but those things tend to sometimes have some truth to them. They don't get out like they do. And like, oh, that never happened. Like, mm, yeah, no degree of it did. But what has it been like you guys for whether it's uh, like a money raise or even office expansion? Like how is the, is the government removing friction and making your life better? Or, and this is something that I want all anyone to listen who's in these roles, like let entrepreneurs be entrepreneurs and let the government pave the way is my view of it. I don't know. I know it doesn't always work out that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think there's lots of good government programs. Um, you know, provincially, uh, we were talking just before this, but provincially, uh, Manitoba started to, to move in that direction of, of doing some more innovation growth programs for actually IGP is literally one program. Uh, so they're starting to move in that direction. They're recognizing it. It's, it's still early and we got access to it. So it was good. Uh, you know, federally, you've got IRAP, you've got Shred, uh, a few other ones. They're great programs. You need somebody who understands them, though. They're not easy to get involved with, you know, to maintain. You've got to, you've got to speak the right language. You have to understand what they're looking for. Uh, so so that's, that's challenging. Uh, but I think, you know, the one thing I think the federal government's done well is through COVID, uh, the programs that they put in place for COVID have been really easy to access. Now, I've heard the rent one is horrible. We didn't qualify for it, so I don't know. I heard that one was really hard to get access to. But we got access to IAP. I mean, the the uh, Canadian emergency uh, bank account, whatever the hell it was called, yep. got access to that. And, and those were all really, really easy and, and very, very helpful. So um, yeah, I, I think there's lots of, I think there's lots of good government programs, but it's, uh, it's, it's not always easy to access them. And, and, and we have a rule here, you know, if it's, if it's not over $10,000 of potential return for us, we, we kind of don't look at it because we find that, you know, the $5,000 application tends to be just as long as the $100,000 application. You only got so much time, so you focus on the, you know, on the bigger opportunities. I think it's a really good point you brought up. I was on a roundtable with some tech entrepreneurs here, and they talked about like how 
early on they decided to stop chasing that you know any government related funding because it just wasn't worth the time and energy to do it and it was actually too much of a distraction for their core business and i understand government's putting in you know being responsible with with with, with taxpayers money and they need to be accountable to those dollars but i've also read about a lot of ecosystems in different environments down in the us where it's like no like get that money out get it like understand like do do 10 $50,000 bets rather than one big bet and then the risk of getting it wrong. And so for you guys as an organization, I, I appreciate it. So do you have somebody who then focuses on that? Like how soon in your cycle of being a, being a tech startup did you say, okay, we're going to need to, we need, we need at least 50% of somebody's desk dedicated to pursuing these initiatives. Like, cause that's a decision strategically you guys need to make and you're always, you know, resource shy and needs, needs, needs rich. <laughs> you know, admittedly, I'm not, I'm not smart enough to have, uh, you know, assigned it that way we sort of organically grew into somebody uh doing that and, and it's my co-founder. i appreciate the honesty dan I appreciate yeah yeah, the yeah. It's, uh, it's my co-founder uh so i i initially got the first irap uh going um but you know my time is obviously limited and when he started getting involved more we started looking we're like first thing we're going to do is like let's see what's out there that we can get access to so he did a great job of research and then of course i just left it on his plate i'm like hey go fill these out let me know what you need me to fill in yeah and he did a great job and we started winning you know uh, some of these contracts or grant money and, and then he just you know he wasn't able to get out of it because that's his job now so that is the problem once you're good at something right <laughs> well we're, you're just you're just going to keep that hat on your desk because you know you, you yeah you, had, you almost got to fail just so you don't get assigned but no yeah. but i do appreciate i do appreciate that it, it like Things you probably don't think about that day when you were sitting on your floor in your underwear. It's a great mental picture. Uh, you know, sitting yeah, on the floor in your underwear. Even, even um, Shred, you yep. know, when, when we first started, I didn't know what the hell Shred was, right? Like, what, what the hell Shred? Uh, we actually contracted an outside firm for the first three years. So There's so lots of companies that float around. Year. and that, Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because, you know, you look through it and you're like, I, I, have, I, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do yeah. here. And you start talking to people who have done it. And you're like, oh, well, you have to write it a certain way. And you're like, I am just going to screw this up. Right. So I would recommend if anybody wants to use shred early, uh, like it, you know, it's going to cost you 20, 25% of what you make, but it's, it's all commission for these guys. Uh, but it's worth it. Like to get in the door, to not get blacklisted, to start getting access to it. If it's not your thing, that's, that's worth the money. Shred the well, 75, 75% of a dollar you weren't going to get anyways, based on, and also not having to invest the time and energy to do that. Like, yep. I've worked yep. with those companies as well. And there's some good ones out there that like, that's yep. literally their thing. Like you said, they're, it's a pay to play model for them. So yep. they do it well, or, or it doesn't, yep. or it doesn't work out. And they'll let you know they're whether you qualify or not. Thorough. Yes. <laughs> like annoyingly thorough. <laughs> Well, they, they know who their audience is, right? And 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 somebody's looking for you to misplace a punctuation mark, kind of kind of kind of thing. Yeah. So, curious, uh, your your LinkedIn, which I love, to we're 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 raising, we're hiring. How, what's how is the ecosystem there for raising money? Like you guys are four five years in from idea to now. When did you have to go to outside? Was it friends and family? Like what's what's that journey been like? And are you being able to raise money like in Winnipeg, or do you have to go outside? So we started with the three co-founders putting in putting in some money to get us kind of started, you know, seed money, if you will, yeah. really pre-seed money. Uh, along the way, we did a couple of uh, small rounds. Uh, so really kind of family and friends, but extended beyond that. Uh, most of those people, well, everybody except for one was local. Uh, one was actually a guy out in New Brunswick. Okay. Um, so really, really just kind of angels. Um, now we're looking to raise our first, like call it, you know, institutional round, whatever you want, like sort of late seed, early A. Uh, you know, it's three, it's three million US. We've got a big plan of where we want to go. We've kind of de-risked a lot of the parts of the business. Uh, that almost certainly isn't going to come from Manitoba. Actually, I don't know any of the companies here that have done well. Skip, Bolt, that have like, they didn't take any big money from Manitoba. I don't think there is that money, that appetite in Manitoba okay. right now. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, so we're we're looking outside for sure, and. Uh, if you know anybody, send them my way. But <laughs> hey, that's this, this podcast is to put your story out there. But no, I'm curious because I've had a lot of conversations, and as much money as there is in Alberta, there's sometimes a reluctance. Again, from everyone, I'm always just repeating what I've heard, yeah. but I've heard it consistently enough to believe it that it's money that's not used to investing in these types of businesses. They're used to doing a resource play, and they've done it before, and it was I don't want to say rinse and repeat, but it was a trusted model. Which now that playbook has been torn up, lit on fire, and you know burned, burned, uh, and through and thrown to the side, but I'm also seeing some different groups coming in going, you know, I talked to, to Ally Partners and it was an interesting gentleman from Toronto, came here five years ago, wanted to be wanted to get into that venture space, realized that the market wasn't ready, went out, learned how to do it himself. And now he said like, I think 70 or 80% of his um, porf like portfolio of investors are not from Alberta. They're from somewhere else, but they see Did the opportunity. Did you say Matt from so, Ally? 
Uh, no, um, Matt Wilson from Allied Partners. Yeah, Allied, yeah, yeah. He's a good guy. I yeah. talked to him a little. Oh, yeah. Ago, okay, yeah. cool, sweet. Yeah, All right, yeah. yeah. So had, I've had him on the show. I, he's an awesome guy. He was yeah. super down to earth, and I really liked his story. So, yes, Matt from Allied. Yes, thank you. Yeah. I'm like, no, Matthew Wilson. Yeah, no, sorry, Matt from Allied. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. So you know, having him on the show talking about even his journey of coming to Alberta five six years ago and going, it's not really ready yet. Yeah. Versus, he's like, ah, oh, in the last year, we've really seen. He's also, I needed to get myself ready, and but you know what I took away from that was a lot of things. Primarily, that a lot of his people that were interested in what was going on here weren't from here either. Yeah, which is kind of right. interesting and kind of like feels slightly disappointing. But I get it. You got you as an investor, especially if you've been burned before or had a fail in the tech space. It's a different type of investing that you got to get comfortable with. Well, I, I think there's a process, right? So, like when we first started, when I was first going out trying to raise that like initial, you know, family and friends, if you will, uh, you know, I talked to some of the magnates here in town about that own trucking companies or something to do with transportation, and you know, you're. you're talking about this tech play and like, Hey, low overhead, huge profit opportunity. Like, and they're like, well, do you have any assets? Like, do you have any resources? Like what, what, what land do you own? And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? But it just wasn't here yet. Right. And so even, you know, skip bold, all these companies that are getting funding here, Calia, they're getting it from outside of Manitoba. I think that has to happen first, right? Like even when you go raise around, you're looking for a lead investor before follow ons will come and join usually. Right those lead investors are probably going to be outside the province right now, outside the prairies. Right. But then it's going to start encouraging more people to look at like, Hey, the sector's growing. Maybe I should start throwing some bets in it. Right. But they're going to follow on. They're not going to lead. I have no idea how Saskatchewan turned their ecosystem around without kind of that happening. The Connexus did a, did a great job. I, I really don't understand how they did it. I think, I think Manitoba should, should look at that playbook and try to try to copy it. Cause they got a lot of internal investors to, to start investing through that through those mediums, um, but we're not here yet. I have to hmm, I've checked that out. I haven't had anybody yeah. on talking about that. Of like, what did? Well, yeah. What was the playbook? Because right, nothing. Yeah. What we're doing is really new, right? There's there's just which stage of this that you're at. There's lots of great examples, but you know, you go back to even you know, I was reading a book about Boulder and their kind of startup community. But it started back in the '70s, and yeah. they had big wins, and they had some you know some some health tech, and they had some things going on that looked different when you say health tech today. But and they had you know and those the, then they cycled through and kicked out some people with money, and then well then there was a group that came together. But sometimes this is over. Over 30, 40 years, and we're right. you know I get right now there's a sense of urgency, but like you said about Calgary, we have we you know we kind of had not a death in the family, but we had hey I, I thought this was going to be okay for longer, and we had this you know external motivation that happened, and I heard someone uh, Jim Gibson who runs the School of Digital Technology at State said he goes, honestly goes we're kind of ten years late to a twenty year plan, and I'm like that's a fair yeah. way to look at it because you yeah. don't build these startup ecosystems literally overnight, but yet we're trying to get people employed and get tax revenue and get all these things happening. Like, boom, like how about now? Like how about yeah. next week? Is that too early to ask? <laughs> Is that too early? You, you know, you talk about the, the 10 years late to a 20 year plan, like, you know, Manitoba, like I said, we're doing better. I love Manitoba. Yep. I really hope we turn it around, but you know, like the, like maybe the most frustrating moment for me was I was out with uh, some people from a, a, you know, a government body here. I won't, I won't name names. Yep, no, I can be playing. I can see your diplomacy coming over you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and they're asking me like, what's your plan? And we were talking about, you know, some point soon we're going to go raise this money and like, well, where are you going to get it from? I'm like somewhere that's not Manitoba probably. And they're like, well, do you think you'll move the company? I said, no, probably not. But you know, if we see a huge opportunity somewhere else, if, if there's an investor in Alberta that says, Hey, like we want to invest and we see this huge picture with you, but we actually want you to build it here. We're also going to look at that opportunity. Yeah. And what, what was said to me was, if you decide to leave, let us know so we can try and keep you. And I was like, what? <laughs> no, no, this is not a strategy. If I decide to leave, I'm gone. You're not getting a call. Like, how about you solve that problem now? Right? Like, what the hell are you talking about? So we're still a little ways away from being uh, great at this. <laughs> No, I've, I, I love that. I love, well, the first time you and I chatted, I, I loved your honesty and here's the realities of what's going on. And I appreciate, you know, sometimes in Calgary, we're all, oh, it should be better, should be different. But sometimes it's also good to compare. We stay inside our own little bubble and like, you know, we maybe get excited about things that we get excited about, but we also complain about, ah, oh, it could be this, it could be that. I really appreciate hearing your perspective from, sounds like an ecosystem that is a few years behind kind of where we're at. And I, I don't know what, a few years, a few days, like it's hard to compare, but it's, it's, an, it's <laughs> you're earlier in your cycle. Yeah, yeah. I, I would <laughs> I'm trying to build my 
Manitoba fan base. I don't want to start shitting on you guys right out of the gate. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah, probably more so than me, right on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, curious about talent, because that's a conversation that comes up here consistently. And you mentioned the role that schools play across the country. And you guys are up to 10. You said you just made some hires. You originally were getting your dev done out of the Ukraine. Like, have you had any, has anything ever held you back because you couldn't find the right people? Or where are you guys at in kind of that cycle? No, you know, the, the biggest thing that's held us back has actually been money. Right. So, you know, yeah. pre-COVID, we were going to go raise a big round and we were ready to take on the world. And then COVID happened and we're like, eh, maybe we shouldn't do it. And you realize you weren't ready for it anyways. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, we've got we've got an amazing staff here that's really punching above uh, kind of their weight. Right. Because we could only afford kind of juniors in most positions. Yeah. Uh, so they, they really, really do great. But we haven't been able to go out and get, you know, senior talent. That talent is here, okay. uh, but it's employed. Right. So yeah. if you want to, you want to hire them, they're at, they're at bold, they're at skip, they're at farmer's edge. They're at some of these big companies making good money, you uh, know, but yeah. they're, they're there. The, the war but for that, talent. <laughs> yeah. So, so I don't think there's an overabundance of really experienced talent in Manitoba, but there is talent here and, and it's growing. There's more and more. Certainly these companies here are going to start attracting more, including us. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, the reality is we're, we're looking at being 35 people in the next two years. That's kind of, that's kind of our expected trajectory not all of them are going to be here, right? Yeah, like well, hopefully most the, of the world, the world has changed. The world has changed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so actually one of our challenges, I, I think, I think access to talent is probably better than ever because we've, we have these remote uh, opportunities. I think yeah. the challenge is figuring out how to work remotely effectively. And I haven't seen anybody do it yet. And if they tell you they are, I think it's bullshit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think you can do it, but I don't think it's all that effective. I, like, I think you lose a lot remotely, but I think we have to figure it out. You know, for us, we're, we're at our core, we're a data company, right? We use profiling. We're going to be able to offer predictive analysis of what's happening in the market with our data. Man, if the best person for that, that can analyze that data is in Finland, we're going to hire somebody in Finland, right? How do you work with that person really, really effectively? So I think that's a challenge that not just us, but everybody's uh, salt are dealing with. But I think the talent's there, you know? Yeah, no, I, and I think that that is a powerful because you're right. At the end of the day, it still comes down to like you need talented people to do the thing, right? I know technology, like oh, this buzz and that buzz. You still need people that can build a stack yeah. that, that know how to, to to dev in these spaces. And you're right. There's other parts of the world that are a little ahead of us on the curve of talent. What's the um, what's the post secondary and like when, what's the education? I, again, I've, I'm showing my ignorance. I don't really know anything about Manitoba, certainly about Winnipeg. Uh, I've I had a lot of good conversations with a lot of the different schools in Alberta because I see them playing such a huge role in this future because yeah. talent and skilling and reskilling and tooling up and taking smart people and giving them that new skill, building on the fact that they're already really smart at all these other things. Like yep. the oil and gas sector is full of really smart people that maybe don't know blockchain, but they really know how to manage big data sets as an, as an example. So what, what's yep. that been like? And do you partner or have conversations with, with kind of post-secondary at all? Yeah, yeah we do. I'm going to show a little bit of ignorance here too, because like there's, there's Red River College uh, which I am a graduate of. There's University of Manitoba, University of Winnipeg. We have uh, some programs like uh, it's called Calm IT in the Manitoba Institute of Trade and Technology, I think, MITT. Okay. So th- okay. there's a few, you know, MITT, Calm IT, I think are really more um, like take people and get them kind of into the introductory uh, levels. Uh, okay. The computer sciences program at the U of M is really good. We've got a few people who have come through it. It's a, it's a, seems to be a very good program. Uh, I have some, uh, you know, some friends that have other uh, tech companies here now uh, that mm-hmm. they they brought on a lot of students through that that have, you know, almost all become employees at some point. So I, I think there is a good uh, a good education system here uh, for it. Um, but you know, in order for people to come here to take that schooling or to increase how many people we have in that schooling, there has to be the opportunities, right? Yeah, Chicken and egg. Yeah. We're a two-sided marketplace. We learned this one hard. It's the same kind of thing here. Right. I'm going to go into computer science. You know, 10 years ago, I was going to Silicon Valley to get a job. What if yep. I don't want to? So how do you encourage somebody to do that? Well, they've got to have a job available here, probably. So that has to grow. That can't grow without the people you know, that are educated. So a bit of a cycle, but, but I think we have good programs. I think the schools are doing a good job. And I think we have lots of talented people that are here that uh, I, I, think, I think it's moving in the right direction, I guess, is 
Short, short no, I, I think it's so huge. And I, I, more I'm seeing and more I'm hearing here is that there's a lot more collaboration. There isn't like the schools going away, building a curriculum of something that's going to be, they don't also know what's going to be needed five years from now yeah. either, where we kind of used to like, oh, it's a trade and we'll just cycle through and we'll like put more people into the trade and then they'll learn on the job and that kind of thing. Yeah. Where now I think we're all a little bit in the same boat of like nobody, nobody can see the future. It's th- that yeah. timeline's a lot. Those headlights don't go that far down, down the road. So I'm seeing more like, you know, we do some work with Sade here in, in Alberta and partner, their partner of the podcast and talking to them like, you know, we used to take 18 months to spin something up. Now it's three months and we've got industry leaders in the room going like, what, like, what are you planning to need six months from now? And how do we build a course to support that? Which I, I do appreciate that like everyone's getting disrupted on this journey that we're on. It's not just one sector. Mm-hmm. I, I would say the, the one place, and, and I don't know this for a fact, it's, it's sort of, you know, observation of what I've seen. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, that, you know, base level of developer engineer i think we're i think we're good and we're growing i, I think the the specialty areas we probably still lack you know okay. we're going to start getting into machine learning really really quick how many skilled experienced machine learning people are in manitoba my guess is probably not that many i'm sure there's some right but you go to toronto or waterloo i'm sure there's a bit bigger of a you know uh niche of those people there so uh you know i don't, I don't know how we overcome that gap i i think it's like I said, I think it's still that cycle of more companies need it, schooling moves that way, talent comes in, you know, it's going to take some time. And getting some profile, like, you know, name, recognizable names like Skip, like, you, you yeah. know, you, you don't, I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't know that they're even based there right? <laughs> because yeah. they're like, oh, wow, they're there. And I, you know, I don't know about you guys, but Calgary has been, and I think this is also very Canadian, uh, Canadianitis of like, well, humble and let's not tell our story. I think, you know, certainly in our ecosystem, the more we can tell, and I've had multiple, like we get a brand and marketing problem. We've got these success stories that are getting on page three, page four, because the negative headlines are getting the first page. And yeah. that is a, cause you're right. If you can't go there with your mind, you're not going to move your family there <laughs> yeah absolutely you know, when it comes right down to the brass tacks are you what what again i figure i feel so ignorant ask these questions um this was a wikipedia search away but what's the main industry in, in in winnipeg like obviously clearly here it was the oil and gas sector and the resource sector what is it what it what what is it not necessarily manitoba but just in winnipeg what was the anchor it's a great question i mean manitoba is agriculture for sure um trucking is a big one in in manitoba for sure winnipeg that's a good question. I actually don't know what the what the anchor industry in Winnipeg is. I don't know if there okay. is one actually. Uh, okay. Yeah, I would. No, I just, probably, okay, it's probably something to do with agriculture. I mean, Richardson's yeah, here, so. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And are you seeing, or like you said, a war for talent with some of those other tech companies? But are you seeing some of those older, more seasoned? This is the way we've always done in companies. Like I've certainly seen the last year. Nobody is outside of being disrupted now. Yeah. Like yeah. It, digital transformation. It's it's either happening on your watch or it's happening to you. Like pick one. Uh, so I'm curious if you're seeing that kind of shake up there, where you're getting that like almost entrepreneurship model, where you see these bigger companies. He's trying to change the way we've always done it, which is a harder lift. You know, you you you're you're coming in as an as an industry insider trying to provide that value, and you were met with that same obstacle. Yeah. A big big company that's often sacred territory when you start disrupting things. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right though. I, like, you know, when when you go and you post a job on Indeed or or you're looking at you know PayScale or something like that, uh, you're seeing all these these legacy companies. They're they have job applications or job postings for the same thing you're hiring for. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so I, I think they've been forced to, my guess is some of them are still hiring just because they think they should. Maybe they don't know, you know, well, why do we need 10 developers? Well, cause we'll figure it out and Hey, cool, whatever, go ahead. Right. Like you will figure right. it out. Uh, but, but I, I think, I don't know. Is there an industry that can survive without digitizing at this point? Like I, I just, I don't think there's many left. Yeah, no, I, I, I certainly, yeah, so you're right. It's just, and eventually that's that war for talent and that war, but then it also creates more opportunity for change because more companies it's got on their radar. So more startups can come in with disruptive ideas that maybe are met with a little bit more open door. That's my hope. Again, I'm just being optimistic maybe in that, in that statement. I don't know if that's actually true, but the more we're thinking about it, the more those new ideas that come floating by don't maybe sound as harebrained as they did maybe eight, 16 months ago or 14 months ago. Yeah. And, and I, and I think it's, uh, it's actually great. Like, you know, you talk to people who, let's say, let's say developers who work in a large old company, right? And they get good experience. They're getting paid well, but they're bored out of their mind, right? <laughs> but hey, that company paid for five years of training and, and got you to learn a whole bunch of shit. And now you're, you're losing your mind. And you're like, I want a challenge. And we're like, right here, like over you here. Know, perfect. Come on over, you know? So, uh, so, you know, even, even those uh, situations provide a lot of opportunity for people like us. 
Yes, it's it's it all it all it all hopefully balances out through the process. So, so curious on the little bit of theme of this of, of this show, which uh, is beyond the echo, getting opinions from outside of our ecosystem. So I really love just saying, hey, what's it like in another city? What's going on? So when you guys look and you think about. Uh, Calgary. What is the perception from the outside? Is it like, oh wow, they've got this great ecosystem, or man, this is what's happening over there? Is there even a perception? Are we doing a good job with our messaging? That's maybe getting on to your radar, you know, as as a guy who could move his company anywhere. Just a random asking for a friend. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll, I'll speak for myself because I don't know how other entrepreneurs in Manitoba feel about this sort of thing. Uh, yeah, you know, secret Calgary's always had a real special place in my heart. I have an uncle who lives out there. I've, I love the mountains, so uh, you know, just throwing that out there. Uh, the, the perception that, that I have, and I, I assume that a lot of people share it, is you're ahead of us. Um, there's more money in Alberta just naturally, be, you know, because it trickled down from oil and gas or some, some sort of legacy stuff there. There are some VCs. Actually, I think there's quite a few VCs that have started up in, in Alberta, uh, you know, maybe focusing on, on specific sectors. But so I, I think we look at Alberta and we just say, you're just way ahead of us. Um, but I don't know that I don't know that you guys are ahead of us. Um, I don't know that there's like a, like a 10 X multiplier of companies, successful growing companies uh, okay. that have come out of there. Yep. So, I, so I think the ecosystem is, is starting to build there faster. I think there's more of a, like a, a focused effort on it. I don't know that the end result, uh, has started to really bubble up yet, but certainly companies like Neo financial and, and harvest, and you're going to start seeing more and more of those, uh, come out. So I, I think you guys are ahead. I think it's, I think it's sexy for us. One from like, you know, hmm, maybe that's an opportunity to also the other one of like, well, they can do it. Maybe we can do it too. Uh, you know, so it, it's, it's not like, you know, Saskatchewan, Alberta, like they're not dead, dead zones, right? They're moving in the right direction. So it, it makes it feel like, hey, we can do it too. I appreciate, I always, I always appreciate like, well, this is what we think is going on, but what does the rest of the world see? And I think I like what you said, like, it just feels like in the last kind of 12 or 18 months. And also maybe it's because I'm focusing on it. There's more stories starting to bubble up. Like it seems like all of a sudden it's starting to get a lot of momentum, but it hasn't pushed a lot of bigger successes out the other end yet. Like it's happening. But you, but know, you know what, had, like yeah. the, the story is always right. The overnight success of 10 years in the making. The, yes, we've got and a so few of those that are, yeah. You know, if the ecosystem is building there now, the expectation that companies are just going to start blowing up shouldn't be there. But are the companies starting to build that are going to hit that trajectory soon? Yeah, I think so. Right? Like there, there's that, you have, you have that simmering water uh, where we're still at like the, like not quite boiling point yet. So. <laughs> No, and there's we've had a few of those, you know, Benebity with their billion dollar valuation that just happened, and I just had the one of the co-founders of Cement on recently, and they went from fifty to two hundred seventy-five people in the last twelve months, and you know had the biggest awesome. Series B in Alberta history, and like the impact of those, and you know, and they were the ones that shared a few of the they were able to like bring back some expats yep. into this market because now there's a job at the level that those people are at that they had to go do somewhere else, whether that was New York, Boston, or you know, or probably the Valley. That's obviously yep. the common, yep. that's the common kind of guiding light when we all. And I heard this the other day about. Alberta, which I, or certainly Calgary, like this was a long time tech entrepreneur here, 20 years who'd kind of been through like the incubator when six people would show up for a meetup kind of thing. Like that was the, the yep. tech ecosystem. And he said, like, finally, we're stopping trying to be Silicon Valley and we're just trying to be our version, our new version of Calgary. I was like, you know what? That was like, there's something about that of like, oh, we're going to be this or so-and-so, you know, this big company will come and save us. It's like, you know, who's going to save us? Us. Yep. And it feels like that's starting to get real or more people are starting to say it. So therefore it become it becomes real, right? Yep. The common message starts to be there. Well, I'll certainly, without question, extend an open invitation to you to move to Calgary at any time because we need <laughs> we need and want exactly the kind of energy and what you're what you're creating. So, so you're hiring and raising. How do people get a hold of you? How do they learn more? They're excited. They're overwhelmed. They want to start throwing money your way. What's the best way to do it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you can go to evotrucks.com. There, there's the contact form. That's that's pretty generic. Uh, email me. It's Daniel at evotrucks.com. Pretty pretty generic as well. I'm on the tweeter machine. I don't do a lot, but I am there. Uh, it's, uh, it's my last name, Santos D, but the A is like a four. So S4NTOSD. Okay. Uh, yeah, LinkedIn. I'm, I'm pretty accessible there. I don't know. You want to get a hold of me? There's lots of ways. I'll, I'll, you're, I'll you're, 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 you're available and you're, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're easy. No, yeah. I appreciate it. We do live in an amazing world of like where, like you said, borders don't matter. Distance doesn't matter. You can get a hold of anybody anywhere. Hey, Curious, I wanted to ask, is your customer base, I'm assuming, North, I'm assuming North American because transportation logistics, the border is a minor inconvenience, but everything moves up and down. Are you guys, over, are you guys outside of North America at all or just North America? Uh, just, well, okay. So I'll say this. So 95% of our users today are in Canada, across Canada. Okay. 
We're All just right. starting to penetrate the U.S. market. Uh, that should grow pretty fast here. I mean, that's part of what we're raising for. Uh, we have a couple people in Mexico, although our system doesn't actually allow freight in and out of Mexico yet. Okay. Probably going to turn that on the next couple of weeks. Okay. And then we've got a couple of people in India. So we, we have people in places outside of North America, but we haven't extended like sort of the service beyond that yet. And has being based in Canada or based in Winnipeg been even an issue or is that even a thing when you talk to customers like globally? Like I'm always curious where that's a plus or potentially a negative. No, it, I think it's been a positive for us up here. So the, okay. the main competitor up here is kind of a legacy system, been around for years. Everybody used them because everybody used them. Nobody liked being there. So as soon as there was another Canadian competitor that you know offered some value beyond them, people took notice like, oh, okay, shit, that, that's great. Um, when we go down to the States, it, it's, it has never been a thing of, uh, well, we don't really want to work with a Canadian company. It's more like how much U.S. freight or how many U.S. trucks do you have on the system? And we don't have that story yet. Uh, so it's uh, back, back, to the, back to the dating app, right? You've got to have the people to make it work, right? Chicken, egg, yep. And we do have a plan to solve that. If you, uh, any investors want to check out our deck, I'll let you know what it is. <laughs> slide, number, slide number seven, yeah. How do you solve that problem? Well, actually, funny, I, that's my next slide. Yeah, no, Funny, awesome. I think it is slide number seven. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> Felt what it would be of like, well, okay, what are the objections? Like, let's get to the solve. I built, built a few decks over in my life. <laughs> That was a good guess. Dan, like, congratulations on what you guys are doing, man. I love that, like, at the foot of your bed, your underwear, doing the thing, like, the, 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 the true, the true, or, the true origin, I can't get that out of my head, uh, true origin story, but uh, also willing to share your opinion and the, and the candor around, and hey, if this gets what you're doing a little bit on the radar out here, and uh, thanks for giving me a perspective into Winnipeg, because I was clearly ignorant on what was going on out there, and uh, and if everybody's rocking it and got the energy that you have, you guys got good things on your horizon. Well, I appreciate it, man. I, you know, it's always fun to have a good chat with, uh, with other intelligent people and, uh, and Thanks, what you're man. doing is, is awesome. And you're, you're part of trying to build that ecosystem, right? Like it's, it's Alberta focused, but it's an ecosystem. And, and I hope that, uh, you know, my story's at least interesting or entertaining to a few people and hopefully a few people here will, uh, will catch it too. And, and we can move forward. So. Well, hey, if this if this is what we used to kind of get out, and you know, maybe, maybe uh, collisions, uh, Winnipeg is my next uh, is my next brand extension. I don't know. No, I, uh, I I appreciate being in, and also having a conversation at the early days of an ecosystem and how what we can learn from each other, and because yeah. we all no, none of us are on an island, right? You know what I mean? Like I know we've got our, we've got our own little thing, and even with the podcast, we really niche down. Like let's focus on Calgary, but very quickly, like after two conversations, you go beyond. Because man, the the world is a the world's an it's a big village these days. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's funny, uh, sort of on the. Part note. One, one of the biggest lessons I've learned over the last few years is the realization none of us have any idea what we're doing, right? Like we can all bullshit and we can, you know, we're, we can, we're pretty good at getting over a few humps here and there, but none of us know what the hell we're doing. We're, we're all just trying to figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, and as the pace of everything accelerates, you're right. I think that's more of the honest, the honest. No, we have a perfect playbook. Here's exactly what's going to happen. And then COVID, you know, the left hook that hit us all and put everybody on their knees. No, nobody. I knew some really smart people, and a week before, nobody knew it was coming. So I'm like, mm, yeah. I had a feeling. I'm like, no, you didn't. I talked to you a week before. <laughs> well, you didn't yeah. know. Yeah. Every, everybody today exactly. knows how the government should have rolled out the vaccine, right? Like, another podcast. We're all armchair experts uh, <laughs> after the game is over. But. That's right. Dan, all right. Well, hey, man, it was awesome talking to you. Best of luck with everything. Thing and uh, I'm quite sure we'll stay in touch. Okay, right on. Thanks. Appreciate it.